quick. What's the difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump on trade? Absolutely nothing, unfortunately. Hey friends, welcome to the Press Club C Podcast. I'm Ray Keating. In this 70th episode, I'm here to bother both Democrats and Republicans by pointing out that no difference actually exists between Joe Biden and Donald Trump on trade policy. But before we get into this, let's quickly answer that key question once more. What the heck is the Press Club C? Anyway, each letter stands for stuff we talk about. P is for politics, R is for religion, mainly Christianity. E is for economics, S is for sports. That second S is for stories, books and writing, my own books, other books, fiction, nonfiction, etc. Uh, C is for culture, pop culture, and otherwise. L is life, the big catch-all. U is understanding, lessons, and, for example, history and economics. B is for business and entrepreneurship. And that final C in Press Club, C is for conservative. Why? Because I am one, and since we have to be very specific, as I've said before, I'm a Reagan, Kemp, Buckley, Coolidge, Lincoln, Madisonian kind of conservative. Also, folks, I hope that you'll consider purchasing any and all of my pastor Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries. For those who don't know, Stephen Grant is a pastor at St. Mary's Lutheran Church on Long Island, but he used to be a Navy SEAL and a CIA operative. And during 15 books in this series so far, with more coming, the first right now being Warrior Monk and the latest What's Lost, readers come to see that Stephen Grant didn't fully leave his old life behind with a wide ranging group of recurring characters from his days with the agency to his parish work. The reader is treated to hopefully action, suspense, humor, uh, relationships, faith, love, adventure, mystery, and opportunities for reflection and discussion. So please consider the paperbacks or the Kindle editions over at amazon.com of the Pastor Stephen Grant Thrillers and Mysteries. You can also get signed books over at rekeatingonline.com. I really do appreciate the consideration. So now, let's get to Biden and Trump on trade. Um, I came ac- I came across an anti-Trumper recently um, who said that he had, he had hopes. He had great hopes for Biden on trade. And what he meant was that uh, he kind of expected Biden to be different, that is, better, on trade than Trump. And of course, my question is, why would anyone believe that? Um, Donald Trump was a Democrat for much of his life, and he never changed from being a Democrat on trade. Uh, Joe Biden, lifelong Democrat. And it's not like, um, well, we can, we're going to talk about lifelong Democrats and so on on trade, but, but let's just put it this way. Joe Biden is very much a 21st century Democrat when it comes to trade. And what I'm saying is both these guys are protectionists. Um, and they're really, you know, again, when you look at their policies, uh, Biden is exactly like Trump on trade. Um, the most recent example here is that uh, the Commerce Department, the Biden Commerce Department said last week that it's going to double the average tariff, not last week, last month, uh, double the average tariff on Canadian softwood lumber, uh, taking the tariff from 9% to uh, 18%. Now, this lumber is essential to construction, to light construction in the United States. Um, and 
a regular steady supply, part of the supply chain, um, is key to restraining uh, some of the cost increases on the home building front. Um, and you have to understand that, you know, U.S. Uh, producers have not been able to meet domestic demand fully uh, in quite some time. Um, nonetheless, they've lobbied the government for <laughs> for uh, for tariffs against uh, lumber coming in from Canada. Uh, now, the uh, you know tariffs are always bad news. Increased taxes, in essence, on not in essence, they're increased taxes on American uh, companies and American firms and American consumers. But right now, it's just bizarre. Um, you know, the same month that uh, that the Commerce Department said it's going to double tariffs on this lumber, you know, lumber is hitting record hit record prices. Um, you know who's happy about this? U.S. lumber producers. They're like, yeah, all right, now we can charge even more because of protectionism. So, again, uh, foreign producers of lumber have always have long been a critical part of um, lumber supply in the United States. Been that case for a very long time. They fill a gap that is not that U.S. producers again are unable to fill, and Canada <laughs> is central. To doing that. So um, the Biden administration is just, you know, doing what the Trump administration did uh, in terms of, you know, a U.S.-Canada tariff war on lumber. Um, uh, you know, uh, the Trump Commerce Secretary pushed this, and now the Biden Commerce Department has, uh, has carried it through. Now, um, it's important to, there's a lot of noises in the background, folks. I apologize for that. Dogs barking, phones, and so on. But um, anyway, so what's interesting, you know, Biden did, I guess, somewhat campaign that he was going to be better on trade policy than Trump. But again, you look at what's going on in lumber. He's doing the same exact thing that Trump did, and he hasn't really gotten rid of any of Trump's protectionist tariffs. Um, so... What's the difference? Where's the change? There is no change, again, because when you understand um, where these policies originate from or who is the advocates for, for protectionism in recent times, it's certainly been the Democratic Party, and Donald Trump was just lining up with that. He was being taking protectionism um, and injecting it into the Republican Party. Now, the question, of course, some people ask, well, what's the difference? Why does this matter? Isn't this great? Well, no, it's not. Um, you know, I wrote a book called Free Trade Rocks, 10 Points on International Trade Everyone uh, Should Know. And it explains, you know, the basics on trade. Um, and, you know, I want to hit on a few points here to, so people understand why these tariffs on lumber and, you know, steel and aluminum and so on and so on are uh, are bad ideas. You know, first off, understand a free trade, what free trade is. Free trade is simply what? Reducing government imposed barriers, costs, obstacles on individuals of businesses trading across international uh, borders. Um, you know, and, and these trade barriers can include, of course, tariffs, which are taxes on imports and, and also quotas and you know, the, which are limits on certain imports and, and raising regulatory barriers. So it makes it difficult to, 
to uh, export to uh, to the United States and, and when other countries respond, the same on their part. So understand what free trade is. Now, why is it, why does it matter? Why is it a good thing? Well, first off, it's, it's important to keep in mind that governments don't trade. We hear people say, well, you know, Japan and the United States are running this, uh, you know, a trade, you know, blah, blah, blah. This Countries don't trade. Individuals and businesses do trade, particular, particular business, businesses trade. Um, So there's no difference between trades that take place across town, across the nation or around the globe. Um, trade happens when individuals, it happens between individuals, but it happens between businesses. It happens between businesses and individuals. Um, so it's also to under, it's important to understand that any trade would not occur if the parties involved were not made better off by such voluntary transactions. So by definition, trade makes people better off. Um, another point to keep in mind is, is thanks to freer trade, competition is expanded and resources are allocated more efficiently. That's that's good for consumers, right? They 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 have a wider choice of products and lower lower prices. Um, entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, businesses, workers here in the United States experience greater opportunity as more markets are open to their goods and services. Um, you know. As the old saying goes, 95% of the world's consumers are outside the United States. Um, you don't want to get into a trade war where we're doing dumb things on trade and other countries turn around and say, hey, we're going to do, we're going to match those dumb things or we're going to raise you on those dumb things. Um, other points, as individuals and businesses specialize in those areas where they have a comparative advantage, that is that you you focus on where you have your largest advantage in the marketplace and then you trade with others and as a result economic productivity and income growth are are enhanced um and and also it's important to understand that uh trade has been increasingly important to the US economy so you know I pulled out some numbers in 1955 total trade exports plus imports equaled only 6% of U.S. GDP, right? Now, um, look at the more recent numbers on total trade. 30% of GDP in 2014, 27.5% in 2018. And then, of course, we we have the Trump uh, trade policies kicking in, and then we had the pandemic. So, But even during the pandemic year of 2020, it was 23.5%. Uh, uh, total trade equal 23.5% of GDP. Again, compare that to the, to the 6% in 1955. So trade is a critical part of the U S economy. Um, and also the, 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 the myth, and it is a myth that imports are economic negatives have to be laid to rest. Not only, um, do imports offer, of course, more choices, improved quality and better prices for consumers, thanks to the added competition, Uh, but you have to keep in mind that nearly all imports, all are inputs to American businesses from manufacturers to retailers. Um, so that's critical to understand any kind of tariffs are going to be mean increased costs for us businesses. And of course, for their workers and for entrepreneurs and investors and so on. Um, and most, by the way, most manufacturers, retailers, guess what happen to be smaller companies. Um, so those are the benefits of freer trade or key points on that. When you look at the other side, um, 
you focus on the opposite of free trade, and that's protectionism, which is, again, the imposition of government barriers and obstacles to trade. And usually it's done at the behest of some special interest seeking protection from competition. Um, biggies in that, on that front are the steel industry. They're always knocking at government's door for protection. Uh, the sugar industry is always there knocking at door, knocking on the government's door for protection. Uh, and as we've seen, lumber maker, lumber producers, uh, the same way. The negatives here are, are, are many, um, you know, protectionism raises prices and limits choices for us consumers. You want to pay more for goods and services? Uh, you want fewer choices, then, you know, sign on for protectionism. Uh, protectionism shields companies from competition. Uh, so we, we see uh, less efficiency, uh, diminished quality, less innovation. Um, and, of course, other countries retaliate. So protectionism reduces opportunities for, again, U.S. entrepreneurs, businesses, and workers. Um, and that's slower. All of this means slower growth and fewer jobs for everybody. Um, and, and again, protectionism hurts U.S. businesses and workers who pay more for whatever product is being shielded from competition. So again, you know, when you look at steel, there are far more businesses and workers that use steel in the United States than those that produce steel. Sugar, more businesses and workers use sugar than produce sugar in the United States. So it's, it's, it's bad policy on, on all fronts in terms of uh, raising tariffs and imposing quotas and things like that. Uh, and then once again, you know, nearly all imports are inputs to U.S. businesses. So if you're going to go down the path of protectionism, tariffs, and quotas, that means you're going to raise costs for U.S. entrepreneurs, businesses, and workers. Um, you know, the example, the most glaring example uh, over the last hundred years, of course, is during the presidency of Herbert Hoover, when protectionism really held sway. 19, 1930, Congress passed, and Hoover signed into law against the advice of more than a thousand economists at the time, the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act. And that notorious legislation jacked up tariffs uh, and helped push the U.S. and the globe into the Great Depression as trade collapsed in a trade war. So it took a bad economic situation, most likely a pretty severe recession, and turned it into, helped to turn it into a depression, a full routing of route depression and other policies were implemented to to make sure that uh, unfortunately the the depression uh, took complete hold so and, and and today you know when you look at I've run the numbers and looked at the data and uh, and the protectionist measures that the Trump administration put into effect and the the Biden administration has continued uh, has taken a chunk out of economic growth uh, and that was pre-pandemic and now during the pandemic, um, restricting trade, um, raising costs through protectionism, uh, limiting supply chains uh, due to trade, uh, again, trade wars, trade protectionism, uh, tariffs, uh, et cetera, uh, not conducive to economic recovery and growth. So, you know, to sum up, you know, how do you bottom line it? Free trade reduces costs through enhanced competition and lower trade barriers expands choices and lower pr and lowers prices for consumers, keeps U.S. firms competitive, opens new markets and opportunities for U.S. goods and services, um, keeps or reduces or keeps uh, the cost of inputs for U.S. businesses down, 
um, expands economic freedom and feeds economic growth. That's great. What does protection do? Protectionism do? The exact opposite all the way across the board. Um, so there was a time when both Democrats and Republicans basically understood this, right? Um, you know, just to focus quickly on a few presidents, uh, John F. Kennedy was a free trader, Democrat, Ronald Reagan, Republican, he was a free trader, um, uh, George H.W. Bush, a free trader, Bill Clinton, Democrat, free trader, and George W. Bush uh, was a free trader. That doesn't mean that all of these presidents were perfect on the trade issue. They weren't. But the general push was towards freer trade under each of them. You know, look at NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, which was attacked by President Trump uh, many, many times. Um, why? We, we were never given the details of why President Trump <laughs> did that. And then he just reworked it a little bit and um, things that sh should have been fixed, that could have been fixed, uh, should have been, you know, an effort should have been put forward there, but he threatened to topple the whole thing. Uh, so we got a, a new trade agreement, which is basically the same as the old one with some minor changes, a few positives and a few negative, definite negatives put into the mix there. But it wasn't the drastic change that we've been all led to think, to say the least. Um, but so, so what you had was, you know, after Clinton, um, you know, the next Democratic president, of course, was Barack Obama. And Obama ran as a protectionist in 2008. Uh, if you ch compare his, and by the way, compare what he was advocating in 2008 to what uh, Donald Trump was advocating in 2016 um, on the campaign trail, and it was the exact same stuff. But um, Obama, when he got into office, just stepped back from his protectionism and just left trade alone until the very end where he tried to do some positive things. So trade was largely neglected under Obama. And then Trump led a, you know Republicans astray, and they dutifully followed him. Uh, many of them did. Most of them did. Um, and he imposed all sorts of tariffs and, and protectionist measures. Uh, the economy suffered accordingly. Um, and now you've got Joe Biden carrying through on Trump policies that make no economic sense whatsoever. And it's hard to figure out where Republicans are on this because they don't say very much or they, they say conflicting things. Um, and this is all deeply troubling because this not only affects the United U.S. economy, but it affects the global economy. The U.S., uh, particularly after World War II, was the global leader for advancing free trade. And we all benefited as a result. People here in the United States benefited due to greater economic growth, and people in other countries benefited for the same reason. So the U.S. really needs to regain, reclaim uh, that leadership on free trade, because if we don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. Um, and when you see countries, a country like China emerging, um, well, not emerging, but trying to become uh, an economic leader, um, you know, a communist led country is not going to be an advocate for free trade, quite the opposite. So we need us leadership on this. Uh, if we're ever going to get it again, that's an open question, but it better happen. Uh, we're going to have to move past, Democrats are going to have to move past Bidenomics and Republicans are going to have to move past Trumponomics uh, to get just back to straightforward 
um, sound, free enterprise, free trade economics. Hey, thanks for listening. Your feedback and suggestions are most welcome. Please check out my various endeavors and books on the nonfiction front. Of course, at Free Trade Rocks. I think you guys should, after this podcast, go over and grab that at Amazon.com or sign books. By the way, paperbacks and Kindle editions over there. Uh, sign books over at RayKeatingOnline.com. So grab a copy of Free Trade Rocks. Um, also, my other collection of essays, Behind Enemy Lines, there's a lot there on economics as well, including free trade. Uh, again, please check out my thrillers and mysteries, the Pastor Stephen Grant novels. Um, all of my books, again, at Amazon.com and at RayKeatingOnline.com. Please check out my other podcasts, Free Enterprise in Three Minutes. I have a lot to say on trade over there as well in various episodes. And... Uh, the Daily Dose of Disney podcast. And if you like Disney, go to please go to DisneyBizJournal.com. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. And don't forget, folks, if, if you want to get organized, get things done in 2022, and also get inspired and encouraged each day, well, I've got a couple of planners that are available. The Lutheran Planner 2022. And no, you don't have to be a Lutheran to enjoy that. And also the Disney Planner 2022. They both offer my to-do list solution uh, 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 system for getting things done. So please check out those planners. They are only available at RayKeatingOnline.com. Again, thanks for listening and God bless.